0: It's my podcast today. Change, change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth too. Here's my podcast. Hey everybody, today is September the 26th, 2022. It is now 7 o'clock. Uh, PM, I am Andre Anderson, your host and founder of BSTL, uh, Building Something That Lasts. Uh, We're now well into September, and uh, the weather is beginning to cool down a little bit. I'm not upset. Um, I like milder climate, and that's okay. To those of you that live in a four-season type of uh, world country, we are blessed uh, to be able to go from extreme cold uh, to extreme hot and then back again. So, anyways, um, today I want to have a conversation with you about uh, something. Uh, I'm going to call this one Brown Shoes, okay? Uh, I call this one Brown Shoes. Uh, so, basically, what happens is uh, early in my ministry, um, I went into this store. Um, the store is called Aldo, okay? Uh, for those of you that are in Canada, we know about Aldo. Aldo has some of the best uh, shoes. Uh, that money can buy. I mean, yeah, within my price point, by the way. So anyways, I've got these brown shoes that I bought. Um, I love them. Laced up, uh, pointed toes, like they were just incredible shoes while wow, they were incredible. And because I love these shoes so much, um, I wore these shoes a lot, like often, as often as I could. Uh, every time I throw on a blue suit, you better believe it. I've got that brown belt and uh, those brown shoes. And here's the thing, Um, after a while, like everything else, when you wear it often enough um, and it gets, you know, some of those kilometers on your feet, it begins to kind of like warp a little bit and, you know, the material starts to like move away from the sole of the shoe and all that kind of stuff. And the reality is, um, I didn't want to let go of the shoes. Now, I got to tell you why. Um, I didn't want to let go of the shoes uh, because... Those shoes were some of the the, the shoes that I had purchased early in my uh, career as a pastor, as a leader. And I just felt like kind of like if I threw away the shoes, I would be almost neglecting uh, who I am. And, you know, these shoes were intended uh, to becoming a metaphor for the need to never forget where you were coming from and to also remind you of your humble beginnings, and so on and so forth. You know, sometimes as leaders, uh, we create an entire narrative uh, to justify uh, why it is that at times we're not willing to move forward and let go of the past. So these brown shoes, they, they really become like the metaphor for what happens when you don't like... Uh, leave the past behind and maybe let me explain it to you more you know when you are a young leader coming up there's this unspoken culture uh that you've got to like take your hits Uh, you know you got to take your initiation you know when I was in high school uh when I got to grade nine those that know me uh they know that I was not shy and I was not um going to back down from anything or anybody and and at times it did get me in a little bit of trouble um, because there were individuals who were older than i was and uh, some might argue that i wasn't aware of who i was and and i should have been a little bit more patient or slow uh, when moving into this high school experience and so you know when i get to high school because i play basketball and some of these other things i almost felt like i would arrived until one day in september just like now um i was in the hallway and i said some stuff to some older students and they were like yo you are not old enough uh to have this kind of voice in the main hallway oh and i took some initiation i will never <laughs> i will never forget that day and i'm i'm not you know mad at it it was like a rite of passage in those days until you know schools got a little bit more serious, and they were like, You cannot be doing this to younger classmen and class women, whatever. And so, you know, the reality is sometimes uh, we forget that once we have gotten into the room, while it is a privilege and an honor, uh, we don't have to like go through this initiation process whereby you've got to wait until you actually can have a voice. You know, one of the things that I've been talking uh, to a lot of leaders about all throughout my career is this: that when you get into the room, while you need to learn, um, because you're now in a new room, it doesn't mean uh, that you don't have a voice. And and here's the challenge: um, some leaders that have been in the room for a long time, uh, they have more experience, they have more expertise. Uh, They may have the ability to read the room. They may um, be able to anticipate um, what people are going to say because they know who's in the room. But here's the reality. When somebody arrives in the room with their brown shoes or their black shoes or their tennis shoes, the reality is it's now their turn to become a part of the conversation. And maybe um, at the beginning of this conversation, one of the things that I'm hoping that we'll capture out of this, especially for those that are listening, that are in senior roles and positions, you have to, we have to find a way to get the new voices in the room speaking up as quickly as they can, not because they won't make a mistake But because we don't want to breed a culture that says you've got to pay it forward or you've got to um, be initiated in this room or you've got to remain silent until somebody says it's okay for you to speak. And let's be honest, we know um, it's like there's an unspoken rule. You know, I've been in other meetings before, and uh, when we would take some breaks, uh, other leaders would come off to the side and say, did you hear so-and-so? This is their first meeting, and already they're talking. They should learn how to sit down and be quiet and learn about what's happening before they actually put their voices in. And while that may be true for some meetings, um, because there may be some content and context Uh, that you are not aware of, the reality is you do know what's happening in the room. And let me tell you how you know what's um, happening in the room. You know exactly what's happening in the room because as a result of what's been happening in the room, you can see what the byproduct of that is based on what's been happening on the outside of the room. So while you may not have all of the meeting minutes, you may not know who said what, You may not know whether or not it was a great meeting or it was a very hostile meeting. What you do know is is that you've been in the organization, whatever organization you work in, uh, long enough to know that the change that is going to be required is going to be a a, a substantial change uh, to ensure that we're not just uh, rocking the baby to sleep, but we are rocking that baby until the baby wakes up. And one of the challenges that I have discovered um, in my years of leadership, and I've led in in many different kinds of spaces, is that when you arrive, there's a measure of passion that comes with you. Like, the truth is, even though you're nervous um, because you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm in this space, the reality is you are one of the few individuals that maybe to some degree... um, a little bit more um, objective when you arrive in the room, uh, because you don't have all of the the conversation that preceded you. Uh, you don't know why it is that something was disagreed upon on one day, and now it's become uh, the new thing on another day. So when you arrive. Uh, the freshness of you, the ideas of you, the passion of you. And let's also be honest, you you have not had and experienced a lot of losses. So you come into that room with a lot of victories. And so because you come in that way with this energy and this vigor, uh, the reality is you should be able to come into that room and give a perspective that should be fairly new be- before you become a part of that overall culture. And so if you're a young leader, and when I say a young leader, I'm not talking about your age. I'm just talking about the different spaces, because as leaders move up and move around and they find themselves in different spaces, they will always be new to a new room that they've just arrived in. You've got to make sure that you don't um, remain silent for too long to the point where you lose Uh, Your objectivity, um, where you you lose the ability to, to see what is happening or not happening because you're so concerned with whether or not people will see you the wrong kind of way. Now, let me just say this as well. To those that are in the room, you've got to create space in the room for the new person in the room. And if you are wise or if we are wise, we would want to ask those individuals that are in the room that you can tell um, have a burden to do something, um, but they're afraid. You've got to call them out by name. You've got to say, hey, Andre, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, Andre, what what do you think about this? And, and and by doing so, what you're actually doing in that space is you're you're letting the world know or you're letting the room know that even though so-and-so may not have as much experience, they may not have had as many victories as you have, or even losses, you want to create an environment where what you're saying to everyone in that space is every single point is valid. And again, by doing this as a leader, what you're also doing is you're creating an environment that says every single tool is useful right away. And I know, you know, having worked on construction, uh, some of the older tools, they have become worn and torn, and they work better the the longer that they're in that space. But there are also some new tools that are out on the market that may not have been created 20 or 30 years ago, but now that they're out there, people are like, oh, wow, that's a really good tool, and we should probably use that tool. Because that tool is going to get the job done, maybe not in the same kind of way, but getting the job done nonetheless. So, one of the things that I've often tried to do, especially when I walk into a space where I may be leading in that space and there are new individuals that are in that space, I want to hear from them a lot in that meeting, the first go-around, because I want to hear what they have to say without any biases. I want to hear what they have to say before the influencers in that space may intimidate them. And let me also say this, this intimidation that I'm talking about, it's not that it is done by design or by intention, but let's be honest. If you are new into that room and you are in your 20s and 30s, and somebody that is uh, in their 50s or 60s, uh, they are talking. That person probably has a mothering type of status to you or a parenting uh, fatherly type of status to you. And so you are not necessarily going to disagree with them because, out of respect for their years of experience and life, we have been socialized into believing that somehow the older voice is the right voice. Now, This is why I'm always talking about this transgenerational piece. And I'm just pivoting a little bit. Uh, We're still on the same topic. Part of what we do in order to break culture is we have to learn how to put individuals in the room that may not be from the same generation, but they have the same passion to get the job done. I do not assume that just because somebody is coming out of college and or university, that somehow they don't have enough perspective. They may not have as much experience, but they may have read a book that we have not read before. They may have experienced something in a different sector that is not necessarily overlapping in the work that we do, but there are some transferable skills. So you as a leader, you've got to create an environment that says, Hey, Whether you are young or old, your voice is valuable. And because your voice is valuable, I want to hear from you as often as possible. Now, let's move a little bit more uh, further into this conversation. We're still talking about these brown shoes. I think that sometimes the brown shoes can be a crippler uh, because the more or the longer you are walking in those brown shoes because you say to yourself, I don't deserve to be in that room is the more likely you are to cower away from the calling that is in your life. So here's what I actually did. True story. After a while, I recognized that these brown shoes that I owned, they were becoming like a crippler to me. Uh, Not because they didn't fit. um, And yes, I could have brought them to the shoemaker and had them take the heel off and just glue them together and whatever. I could have done so much. But that would have cost me more money, more time, uh, more resources. I just one day picked up the brown shoes and said, thank you for your years of service to my feet, um, but it's now time for you to go. And I did that because here's the thing. You should always remember where you're coming from. You should always remain humble because you know what your humble beginnings have been. But when you uh, spend so much time thinking about where you're coming from and how undeserving you are of the blessings and the privileges that you have um, uh, been given, um, probably by God, you no longer are successful in the same kind of way because now you're so focused on, wow, I can't believe I'm here, that you don't make the best of the opportunity while you're actually in the room. So I threw the shoes away and I bought another brown pair of shoes because I like brown shoes. I like to be able to put on a a brown shoe with almost anything. But I I, I had to move on from the brown shoes of the past to the brown shoes of the future because I don't want to be stuck. As a leader, I don't want to be so focused on why it is that I'm in the room or why it is that I deserve to be in the room, that I'm no longer thinking about what my contribution will be in the room now. And I hope you're hearing me on this one um, because none of us really deserve 99% of the blessings that have been bestowed on us. But if you have been blessed and you can see that while you may not be the brightest or the best, or maybe you are the brightest and or you are the best, Whatever your your walk of life comes from, once you're in the room, you're not going to be in the room forever. You're going to be in the room for a certain season, and some people have long seasons. You know, when I think about LeBron James, I mean, this guy's incredible. He's just built differently. This guy's been in the league for a long time, long enough now that he's got kids that are on the cusp of going into college and perhaps Uh, Going into the NBA, and that's how long he's been in there. But here's the thing even though he's playing at a very high level of basketball, like Bird, like Jordan, like Magic, like Penny Hardaway, like Mono Ginobili, and the list goes on, there is going to come a time where you're going to have to hang up your shoes. And not because you don't have anything to offer. But everything lasts for a season. So maybe part of what I'm saying is is that you don't want to get so stuck on where you're coming from that you don't become what you need to be right now, which may actually dwarf your ability to be your best in your present season. All right, let me just say this a different way. No matter what you do, you're always going to be not as smart as somebody else in the room. And I recently uh, saw a quote, uh, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but definitely it's not from me, but it's a great quote nonetheless. Somebody said that if you are the smartest person in the room every time you go into the room, then you're not in the right room. And maybe what I'm trying to say to us today on this particular episode of Brown Shoes is as long as you are committed to learning And as long as you are committed to being humble, regardless of how smart you are, how intelligent you are, how gifted you are, as long as you recognize that you are a part of a process, like the race didn't start with you. It started with somebody else, and you're now running another leg of that race. uh, The reality is what you will find after a while is you're going to give your best in the present hoping to make enough of a difference for those that will come behind you or in front of you in the future. And if you don't get stuck on where you're coming from and how much you've had to overcome, then you'll realize that perhaps if you were born in a different space with more privilege, you might have been able to do a whole lot more, but that's not your story. Oh, I want to see more success stories of individuals who have come from the mountain and built a new mountain and people who have come from the valley and they've built a mountain. Like the thing is there is no one way to create success. Success has different faces. It's multifaceted. Uh, There are terms that go along with it. There are seasons that go along with it. And if you do well to do your best, no matter where you're coming from, then you don't have to get stuck on the shoes. You don't have to be apologetic for thinking different. As a matter of fact, I think that more organizations, more companies would be doing a whole lot better if we encouraged people to not think like everyone else. Uh, I wish that more companies wouldn't stifle the growth of individuals that don't have the same packaging. Uh, They have the same passion, it's just they're not, going to do it the exact same way. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we need to see more arguments in the boardroom. Maybe we need to see more individuals saying, no, I don't actually agree with that. But hey, if you're going to disagree, then you've got to come with a different idea. Because if you do come with a different idea, here's what happens. We may not keep doing things the same old way but your idea that challenges the status quo may create the new paradigm shift that allows for us to build on that or even scrap it and do something else. Thank you so much for joining us um, on this podcast, these brown shoes. I promise you I've thrown those brown shoes away, but I'm looking in my office and I've got some other shoes that I may have to uh, get rid of soon. But here's the thing, I'm Andre Anderson. I'm both your host and founder. And I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Young leaders that are coming up, get in the room. Say something. Even if nobody agrees with you, it doesn't mean that it's not a great idea. And to those of us that have been leading for a long time, please, let's stop stifling the next generation coming behind us because too many of us are teaching younger leaders to lead in a way that will become obsolete by the time we are out of the way. Most of the things that we are sharing with individuals will no longer be relevant in 10 years from now because the world is going to be completely different. And if we haven't learned that through this pandemic, I'm not sure when we're going to pick that up. Anyways, have a good week. I hope that you're reflecting on this. But take a chance, man. Throw those brown shoes away. Lace up some new shoes and get your voice in the ring because the world is waiting for the next idea that's going to create the next paradigm that's going to move this planet forward. And it could be you or it could be me. But if you don't get over where you're coming from, then you'll never see where you're actually supposed to be heading. Thanks for joining. BSTL Inc. 21 at Gmail. Get at me if you want to talk to me. Take care.